الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحج أشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحج المبرور ليس له جزاء إلا الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وصفت رعنا بأي كرام بردزنا اللوز These are the Mubarak days of Hajj While it will be the Hujjaj, those who have already gone or those who are planning to go it will be these fortunate people that will be performing the Hajj itself but nevertheless the lessons of Hajj the message of Hajj this is something for all of us all the time and the person who goes for Hajj he is also expected to return with the message of Hajj one is fulfilling the obligation of Deen which is a fundamental aspect is the pull of Islam. So a person who has the means upon whom Hajj has become farz and compulsory, that is obvious that he has to fulfill that obligation. And this is such an important obligation that in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam is reported to have said that the person who has the means to perform Hajj and he did not fulfill this duty of deen, this pull of Islam, and this continued, time passed, until finally he ends up that he is now leaving this world. Nabi Islam expresses it in a very, very severe way. He says, فَإِنْشَاءَ يَمُتْ يَهُودِيًّا وَإِنْشَاءَ نَصْرَانِيًّا If he wishes, let him die as a Jew, let him die as a Christian. In other words, the ulama state that it, actually the message given in this is that such a person's iman is actually in danger. Not that we will declare such a person out of the pale of Islam, but it's such a severe situation that the person, despite Hajj becoming compulsory upon him, he continued to delay fulfilling this responsibility and duty to the extent that now life went. So it becomes such a serious matter. So this itself shows to us what is the importance of Hajj. And how great a responsibility and duty this is upon the person who it has become compulsory on. In any case, in one hadith sharif, Nabi Islam gives the virtue of hajj. The Nabi Islam stated that al-hajjul mabrur laysa lahu jaza'un illa al-jannah. That the hajjul mabrur, this is something that we all use this word when we're wishing somebody well who's going for hajj. Allah ta'ala grant you hajj mabrur, maqbool. MashaAllah, this is an excellent dua to give anybody because this is the type of hajj that we are, a person is encouraged to make his hajj into. That it becomes a hajjul mabrur. But what is this meaning of this hajjul mabrur? So first Nabi Islam gives the virtue of this that a person who has performed a hajj in such a way that it has become hajjul mabrur. Then the only reward for this is jannat. In other words, anything else is too the Dunya is too small to encompass the reward. The person's reward is Jannat itself. 
So the Sahaba were very eager to know now this is Mabrur literally means a virtuous Hajj. Comes from the word Bir. Bir means virtue. So what is this virtue? What will make this Hajj a virtuous Hajj? On the one side in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala explains certain aspects that are very important in the Hajj. That a person who is now going to be performing Hajj, then there are three things that he should be extremely conscious about. Obviously the person going for Hajj is going to learn the Masail of Hajj, the rules, what he has to do, when he has to do it, how he has to do it, what will get the Hajj fulfilled, what he has to stay safe from, otherwise it might nullify his hajj. It might be some infringement against the laws of ihram. All these things he will obviously learn. And he will be conscious of it. He will try to fulfill whatever the requirements are. But there are certain things over and above that, that are things that he should be super conscious about. So in this ayat of the Quran, Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, فَلَا رَفَثْ وَلَا فُسُوقُ وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ the word rafath, one meaning of this is that any kind of intimate talk, that a person is now there with his wife, for example, that even in that state of ihram, even with his wife, he will not have any intimate talk. So that is one meaning of it. The more broader meaning some of us have explained is that any kind of evil talk, fala rafath. And then wala fusuq. So now a person is in hajj, he's in ihram, he will not talk of any kind of nonsensical things, anything that is out of the line of appropriate talk also, let alone impermissible talk, that is out of the question. And then, wala fusuk, all kind of sin. And then in particular, Allah Ta'ala says, wala jidala fil hajj. And no kind of quarreling and disputing when a person is going for hajj. Does it mean that after he comes back from Hajj, he should continue quarreling, disputing? No, this is the lesson. That look, this is the training now. Make sure that you don't spoil your Hajj, because quarrels and disputes, these are all things that always spoil some amal or the other. It spoils a person's ibadat, it spoils a person's Ramadan, it spoils a person's fasting, and a person going for Hajj, there will be many challenges. So quarreling and disputing will spoil that Hajj. So it's not something confined to Hajj, but it is something to be super conscious when doing for Hajj. Because there will be more challenges. A person now when traveling, there are challenges in the travels. He's in a confined space with so many people. He's with so many strangers. He's with people that he has to live with for a period of time now. He's not familiar with them. So all these things sometimes lead to quarrels and disputes. Somebody might not fulfill or conduct himself in the way that's appropriate. That might become a provoking situation. So be aware, don't quarrel, quarrel and dispute with anyone. This is the context in which this is being mentioned. So on the one hand, this itself is a very great lesson of Hajj. That whether a person goes for Hajj or doesn't go for Hajj, because it's not compulsory upon him, whether he's already been for Hajj. But these are lessons that he should be living with all his entire life. That all kinds of evil talk he refrains from. Any kind of sinful talk, evil talk, talk that will hurt somebody, then he refrains from it. And all kind of sin, any sin. 
And then in particular, wala jidal, any kind of quarrels, disputes, arguments. Insan is insan, but there are ways and means that a person has heard, somebody else has heard. How to go about resolving something in an amicable way? So this is as far as the ayat of the Quran Sharif is concerned. But then in this Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam was asked that ma birruha ya Rasulullah. That what is this bir that you are referring to? This virtue of hajj that you are mentioning. So this is something that obviously is referring to something that we should be taking note of. Because we know the amal of hajj. What is compulsory, what has to be done. That is clear. What is this bir you are referring to? So Nabi Islam mentioned three things. In one riwayat, two things are mentioned. Another aspect in the third riwayat. The three things that were mentioned, can we imagine this is hajj we are talking about. That ibadat which is compulsory once in a lifetime. And a person can perform any number of hajj. He only has one opportunity to perform the first hajj. He'll never get a second opportunity to perform that first hajj. It's always nafil thereafter. Person performed fajr this morning, it was farz. Tomorrow morning's fajr is also farz. Today's juma is farz, next week's juma is also farz. So salah every day he's having the opportunity of performing the first salah. Fasting every year, the month of Ramadan will come, he will have the opportunity of performing, the, of keeping the first fast. But hajj, he's only got one chance to do it right. The first hajj, there's no second chance. So a person going for hajj should take every care to make sure he's learned not only the masail, that is obvious, that goes without saying, otherwise without the knowledge of the masail, he'll perform everything wrong. And he might even invalidate his hajj completely. But together with that, learning what is the spiritual side of hajj, and how to make that hajj a true hajj. How to make it a hajjul mabroor. That is something to learn also. So in any case, Nabi Wasallam mentioned three things. And now we are talking about these three things are being highlighted as the virtues of such a great ibadat. The ibadat of hajj. That this great ibadat, which has such great blessings and virtues for it, if a person wants to enhance this, then these are the three things to enhance it with. And now these three aspects that are mentioned are things that are available for any person, any part of the world, any time of the year. Whereas Hajj is only confined to the specific places. person can't make Hajj anywhere else. He can't make Tawaf anywhere but the Baytullah. Anywhere else Tawaf, that will be Shirk. He cannot be making wukuf in Arafah anywhere else but in Arafah and on that particular day. He goes in any other day of the year besides the 9th of Zulhijjah, that will be worthless. So Hajj is confined to a time and space. But these virtues of Hajj, Nabi Islam made it such that any person, whoever he is, wherever, wherever he is, this is something that he can practice on. And he can be bringing alive the lessons of Hajj. The message of Hajj and the virtues of Hajj. Simple things. Many times we get so caught up in trying to do very, very complicated things. And sometimes the whole life goes away, we didn't yet get anywhere. And the simple things by which we can earn a lot, we can earn the barakat in dunya and unimaginable rewards in the akhirat. We tend to neglect the simple things because they are simple. 
and the things which are out of our reach, we are trying to do something which we might get there sometimes, maybe not get there. So in any case, these are very simple things and these simple things will make a huge difference to our lives. What are these three things to bear in mind all the time? That these are the highlights of a Hajjul Mabrur. First thing Nabi Islam mentioned, It'amut Ta'am. It'amut Ta'am, feeding people, feeding. Feeding, again, when we talk about feeding, our minds run to a certain kind of level of feeding. It's done in a certain style. Has to be so many people invited. No such thing. No such requirements are involved in this. A person feeding one person, whatever he can, that too is part of it. He's already getting this virtue of it'amut ta'am. He fed one person one slice of bread to his fine. And one date, in one hadith sharif, like it comes in the regarding the aspect of feeding a fasting person. That a person who feeds a fasting person gives him something for iftar. And this is a, such a great virtue. He gets the reward of the person's fast. This is emancipation for him from the fire of Jahannam. So one, somebody asked, but everybody doesn't even have that much to feed a fasting person. They thought you go to fill his stomach. Nabi Islam said, no, that's not the requirement. Giving him a sip of water is also feeding him. <coughs> Giving him a single date is also feeding him. It's not that only when you're fully stomach, now you fed him. Now what a simple thing. But as we'll understand that all these three things that are mentioned in this Hadith Sharif, what this brings about, the other two aspects we will discuss just now, what this brings about, this brings about a very, very essential requirement for entry to Jannat. That requirement for entry to Jannat will come in this discussion of the second hadith. But nevertheless, this is what to bear in mind, that this is not a very ordinary thing. It's a very great thing. The one aspect we are talking about feeding. Now if somebody feeds us, what happens? We feed somebody, it might be just our neighbor, we shared something with him. It might be some traveler was passing by, we called him to share a meal. It might have been some relative we invited for a meal. It might be some poor person we shared something with him. But what this does, it starts creating bonds. It starts building friendships. It starts creating love and muhabbat. It starts uniting hearts. And this love and muhabbat is such an essential thing that in the second hadith that we will discuss just now, in the second aspect Nabi Islam mentioned, Ifsha'us salam, making salam common. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says, La tadkhulul jannata hatta tu'minu. That you will not enter jannat until you have iman. Without iman, there is no entry to jannat. And wala tu'minu hatta tahabbu. And you will not have complete iman until you develop muhabbat and love between yourselves. This is that very essential requirement for complete iman which is the ticket to jannat directly so what this does these aspects now for example a person is going for hajj as we discussed there are many challenges on the way traveling itself is a challenge nowadays is very much easier in those days was a very big challenge and even in this time and age for us it's still a big challenge then he has to live among people that he is not familiar with 
somebody is from one end of the world, somebody from another end of the world. He doesn't know the person's language. He doesn't know anything about him. That person has his own preferences, his likes and dislikes. He has something completely different. And in the midst of all this, he's being told, look, you have to maintain this muhabbat. So that when you come back, you learn how to live with people also. Now he's going to be feeding, he's feeding a stranger. He doesn't know who the person is, where he is from. The person is sitting next to him in a vehicle or the person is traveling with him or the person is sitting next to him somewhere in Mina or Arafat or wherever it might be. So he's sharing one meal with him. What does this do? If everybody is practicing on it, it unites the Ummat. It builds bridges. Now this is a lesson that any person anywhere in the world, any time of the year can be practicing on. And bringing alive this lesson of Hajj. This virtue of Hajj. And as mentioned, there's no restriction of a specific amount, a specific level and kind of meal that he has to give. And it has to happen in a certain style. No, nothing of the sort. What a person can afford, how much he can manage, to the extent he can manage, one person he can feed. But he's bringing alive this aspect of it'am ta'am. And then again on top of this, there isn't even any kind of qualification on this, the person must be a mu'min, he must be a believer. Not even that. Anybody, to the extent that a person even feeds an animal, he will be rewarded for that. Can we imagine the insan? And can we imagine a mu'min? So this was the first lesson Nabi Islam gave, it'amu ta'am. And then the second thing, now we're talking about the virtues of hajj. This once in a lifetime obligation of deen, that too on the person who can, who has the means. So obviously he's going to fulfill everything else, but it'amu ta'am. The second thing that was mentioned in the riwayat was, ifsha'u salam. Making salam common. Salam repeatedly to others. Now again, he's among strangers. He knows maybe a fraction of a fraction of the people there. There's one million people there, he doesn't even know a thousand. What fraction of people he knows? He's being told you make salam common. So who is going to be making salam to? People he's not familiar with. Among the signs of qiyamat that have been mentioned in one hadith sharif, that a person will only greet the person he knows. Meaning he knows who is this person. He's so and so is my brother, is my neighbor, is my cousin or somebody. He'll greet him. And if he doesn't know who he is, he can see the Muslim. He's entering the masjid, the Muslim alongside him. He's out on the street and there's no identification, he's excused. But he's entering the masjid, he knows who he's walking alongside. But he'll greet the person only who he knows. That is a sign of qiyamat. Nabi Islam is teaching us, greet every Muslim. Every Muslim has that iman in his heart. And he's our brother. And this brotherhood has to be built. So ifshaw salam, making salam common. Again we're talking about hajj. And the highlights of hajj. And this is the lesson of hajj we can bring alive every day of our lives. Wherever we are in the world. That we greet every Muslim. And spread this peace of salam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So this is the second highlight of hajj. And there's so much mentioned. This is something in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala gives us this command. إِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بُيُوتًا فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ تَحِيَّةً مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ مُبَارَكَةً طَيِّبًا That this greeting is from Allah Ta'ala. Full of barakat and blessings. And a very pure greeting. Bring it alive. 
when entering the home, leaving the home, meeting somebody, first salam, talking to somebody on the phone, first salam. Now these are simple things. But can we imagine the link? Nabi Islam that Hadith Sharif said that you will not enter Jannat until you don't have Iman. And you cannot have complete and perfect Iman until you do not have muhabba and love. Then Nabi Islam says, Awala adullukum ala shay'in idha fa'altumuhu tahababtum. Should I give you the prescription of creating love? Afshus salama baynakum. Make salam alive. Bring salam alive. Sincerely, not lip service. From the depth of the heart. And then the third thing Nabi Islam says, Leenul kalam. The virtue of hajj. The highlight of hajj. Leenul kalam. Talking soft words, meaning good words, kind words. Talking in a way talking things that will bring happiness to the heart of the next person. That will sweeten his heart. When a person is reciting Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, this is a very great zikr. In fact, this is Afzalul Kalam, the greatest of speech. Nabi Islam mentions in the Hadith Sharif. So any person reciting these tasbihat, he is conscious of it, he realizes it, that he is in ibadat. That he's reciting, he's saying some words which are very beloved to Allah Ta'ala. And he's involved in ibadat. Indeed he's involved in ibadat. But a person speaking some kind words in order to make the next person feel happy, speaking in a way that will endear somebody for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Does he feel conscious about it that he's involved in ibadat? That this is an ibadat? In one hadith, Nabi Islam says, that every joint of this human being, there's 360 joints in this insan, every joint is an unimaginable ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. person has a problem with one joint somewhere, one wrist, the elbow, one knee, then he realizes what a ni'mat this is. Every joint is a great ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. There's 360 joints in the body. Nabi Islam says, every day, it is necessary on a person to give sadaqah on behalf of each of these joints. Because this is such a great ni'mat to express his gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for this ni'mat. Now if a person thinks of sadaqah, normally we only think of sadaqah in terms of monetary sadaqah. That is also a very great sadaqah. But now every person daily, if he counts now even one rand per joint, 360 rands, forget one rand a joint, one cent a joint also, some person can't afford that too. And that is what the sahaba expressed. Because many a times the sahaba... Abu Hurairah says, sometimes I would fall unconscious. Somebody would come, they would think that time there was a kind of uh, treatment for epilepsy. They would place their neck on the uh, foot on the person's neck. Somebody would find me lying unconscious, they'll come put their foot on my neck, thinking I probably suffered an attack of epilepsy. But I had no epilepsy. I fell unconscious because of hunger. I didn't have anything to eat for days on end. Where he's going to find 3 rand 60 also in that time, whatever that was, to give sadaqah daily. He's falling unconscious because of not eaten for days. So that was monetary sadaqah. Nabi Islam said, no, he's not confined to that. A person making peace between two people, that is sadaqah. The person reciting one tasbih, that is sadaqah. And he says a good word to somebody, that is sadaqah. When a person is saying some kind words to somebody, some kind words to his own wife, and more important than that, some kind words to his parents, 
some kind words to his neighbors, some kind words to his colleagues in, at work, some words that bring some hope to somebody, some words that console some bereaved person, some words that give some person some kind of courage. Does he realize, does he have that intention, does he know that this is an ibadat, that this is sadaqa, that he's getting rewarded with the reward of sadaqa? This is the lesson Nabi Islam is giving. Talking kind words, soft words. Now all these three things, bringing salam alive, feeding, talking in a gentle way, talking in a way that is endearing, that brings happiness to the hearts of people. This creates this fiza and this environment of muhabbat. Whether it's one household, unfortunately many a house is on fire. Many a house is on fire like Jahannam because these things are not alive. There's no salam in that house. There's no talking in gentle tones. Everybody is screaming at one another. Because we've forgotten these lessons that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught us. We take these things for granted. And we are looking at very, very high things which we can't even probably attain that in our lifetime. Things that are not even compulsory upon us sometimes. But these simple things that will lead us to the greater things. These are things we ignore. These are things we forget. These are things we don't give any kind of Thought to also, whereas this is the thing to start bringing alive, feeding, what difficulty is this, whatever we can, to whoever we can. And salam costs us not a cent, it doesn't cost us any effort, any energy spent, but what great benefits it will bring for us, for others also. And talking in a kind way, let us bring this alive in our own home to start off with. Let us bring this alive with our near and dear ones, they deserve it most. Many a times we talk to strangers in a nice way, but we are so tired smiling at others outside, we come home, all that is left of the muscles of the jaws, it's so tired it can only frown now. It's too tired to be able to smile at those at home. Whereas this is an ibadat also, smiling at a Muslim. So the lessons of Hajj Nabi Islam gave al-Hajjul Mabroor, this is what it makes it Mabroor. And apart from fulfilling all the obligations of Hajj, all the things that are necessary to make that hajj hajj together with that these were the highlights and these highlights of hajj are possible for each one of us to bring alive every day of our life anywhere in the world allah tabarak taala give us tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah